for sports day drinking with don and dustin i'm don and i'm dustin coming to you live from lubbock texas and london england thanks for tuning in let's get to it Welcome, everybody, to D4 Sports, episode number 25. 25. Here we are, fourth of a way to a century. Dustin, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay. I've been under the weather for a little bit, so uh, all our listeners out there, if I sound a little rough, I apologize for that. Uh, but but overall, been doing okay. Life's just been going on. What about you? Yeah, well, you know, I uh, you know, like you said, you were under the weather, which... Kind of caused us to again have a little bit of a delay in our, our recording session, and uh, I was obviously out in the, the United States seeing baby Alice and all that. But I have flown home today, so I'm back in London, uh, trying not to be too terribly jet lagged as I am uh, have pushing my I don't know 36 hour day or whatever it turns into. You know when you come back and try to stay up because you land seven o'clock in the morning and then try to stay up all day so you can sleep at night. So. Uh, but yeah, no, back in London, doing our thing. Um, happy to say that uh, my grandbaby is doing tremendously well. She's put on a couple of pounds, which for her is good. For us, you know, you get to be where we are in life. Not like going, hey. I, 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 here's, here's, a couple, here's the thing I was thinking about. Babies, right? They burp. Everybody cheers. And I'm like, I'm just going to start doing that for everybody. Anytime anybody burps, I started just being, good job. Good job. You know, and, you know, babies put on a couple of pounds. Everybody celebrates. I think I think this is maybe we should just treat everybody like a baby. What do you think? I, I think that's a great idea. And then, you know, when they're going to the bathroom, it's like, oh, they look so cute trying to do that. You know, and that doesn't happen for, you know, like the everyday person going to the bathroom. It's like, oh, man, what are you what are you doing? You know, it's, it's the complete opposite. Yeah. Well, and, you know, that nobody smiles when you squat in the corner and go to the bathroom anymore, do they? All of a sudden, no, that's they, somehow, somehow that's yeah. not appropriate. I don't know. But, right. Uh, anyway, I don't, I don't get it either. Yeah, no. Alice is doing great, and it was, uh, it was, uh, it was a tough goodbye. I got to be honest. You not only obviously saying goodbye to my daughter and Trey, but also little Alice. Even though she didn't, talk, she didn't say much back. Although she's quite a grunter, I will say this much. She's a beautiful little girl, but she grunts a lot. So she kind of goes. And kind of, kind of grunts at you, but um, so I think she probably said goodbye. Can't wait to see you again. That's kind of how I took it, anyway. It's probably what she meant would be my guess. Probably what it was, but uh, yeah. So uh, I'll get to see her again um, later this year, no doubt, in September for uh, another big family event. As uh, Allie, who was on here in, uh, or you know, when we went Hollywood back around Thanksgiving time, she will be getting married in the fall. So we're heading back to the states yet again, but. Here I am right now in London, and I have in front of me to drink today. You know, I thought, well, you know, I flew all day. I probably should take care of my health, so I have a glass of water. But then I thought, well, yeah, come on now. <laughs> so I got a little Jameson, too, because I was just like. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's not just water. Can't just go straight you know. water. Can't just go straight water. So a little Jameson yeah. Irish whiskey, a solid sip. How about you? What are you enjoying? Uh, you know. I'm not doing the Jameson solid sip, but I've got um, a LaCroix beach plum. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing it's plum, you know, 
Mm-hmm. That's the name. Um, it's supposed to be 80 degrees today in Lubbock. Really? So wow. I figure with with the heat, the heat wave we're having come through, you know, beach plum is, is a good go. Well, not not terrible, but not great. Yeah. I do have another one. Um, been holding on to this one for two weeks since yeah. it's been two weeks since we've yeah. done this. So yep. uh, it came as an individual cell and not like buying the box of the sparkling water. So I couldn't drink 40. it unless I had to go 40. buy another one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's called Glow uh, and it's sparkling hydration. Well, right. Of course. And on <laughs> the front of water. it, <laughs> yeah. AKA water. <laughs> and it's it's tiger's blood, so this flavor is with watermelon, strawberry, and coconut. And I haven't tried it yet, so here goes, here goes. nothing. Oh, the bottle sound. And that's very coconutty. Yeah. Oh, and you're a big coconut fan. We've established that. We have. That so, sparkling coconut hits great. Sparkling hydration. <laughs> we can't even. They I'm, don't I'm hoping to give. Water anymore. I'm hoping it gives me that glow, right? That oh, just yeah. effervescent, you I, know, glow. I can see it already. It's kind of uh, either that or maybe it's an allergic reaction. One of the two, I guess. Or it's you know the light shining off the top of my head. I really don't know which one. Well, you know, we we try not to focus on such things uh, when you get to our age. But yeah, my uh, my wife was taking Spindrift when we were back in the U.S., um, which of course is a brand of sparkling water and uh, drinking that fairly well. I didn't taste it because I don't do that sort of thing. But uh, no, I just really, I'm not, yeah. As we've established well enough, not a fan of sparkling water. So I'm going to leave that to you all. But uh, hopefully your tiger's blood goes down easy. It goes down. It goes down. And I think that um, that kind of segues into to our opening shots. Because um, we, you and I have... Uh, been talking some, and especially during uh, the Super Bowl, uh, which we will get to. But mm-hmm. my first shot that I'm going into is going to be based off of the commercials themselves. Okay. So, all right. Um, and we had this communication. There was, is it Poppy? Is the uh, is a drink. Um, mm-hmm. It's P-O-P-P-I, I believe. And they had a big Super Bowl commercial. Um, and you uh, definitely pointed that out to me. It's a it's a soda, but it's like a antibiotic, not antibiotic, probiotic, and oh, yeah, um, yeah. maybe antibiotic. I don't know. Maybe it'll help me get yeah. better. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's that soda that's not a soda kind of thing, or or a new take on soda. And you said maybe I should start bringing that to the uh, to the table and seeing how that looks. Um, but I wanted to give uh, my two cents on on the commercials, right? Because well, that's okay. When you're talking about the Super Bowl, you are watching it for one of two things, right? You're watching it for the commercials okay, yeah, or you're yeah. watching it for the halftime show. Okay. And then there are the very few people that actually watch the football game. I, see, I thought you were going to say game or commercials. And I was like, well, halftime show, but I'm, I'm glad you. Well, I thought about saying three, but let's be honest. How many people actually watch the game? Very few of us, right? Well, yeah. So, um. No, but in, in watching it, there was some, like always, there always are some really bad commercials. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like they try too hard to to say, hey, this is our product and, and this is where I, I want to go. But I, I looked up the top, I guess they have the top 60 commercials that were on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and I surprisingly, list. Yeah. Yeah, surprisingly, the number 45, according to USA Today, was the future of soda is now. 
uh, which is that poppy. That's, you know, number 45. 45 but I, Okay. Not, not great, but, but not, you know. The one I thought which was the worst, in my opinion, uh, the Mr. T in Skechers with Tony <laughs> Romo. I got uh, a note And Mr. That T, one. obviously. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was atrocious. It was like two guys having a really bad conversation together. Mr. T yeah. comes in like Mr. Kool-Aid man and, and runs through a wall and – Tony Romo's like got his smirk on the whole time and it and it's like he almost forgot his lines it looked like at, at some points and just tried to walk through it and see what happened yeah. but that one was pretty bad my, uh, my in my opinion that is is pretty simple it's Mr. T should stay off of TV if he's peddling sketchers because that, that no yeah I'm with you that one didn't work that one didn't no. work I don't I don't know where that came in on your top 60 but it surely wasn't in the top many it was 40. Oh, yeah, right, yeah, you, you felt That's pity for him. Fair. I do know that. Oh, <laughs> well done, sir. <laughs> um, but but my favorite was probably uh, the Dunkin' Dunkin' Donuts one uh, with uh, yeah. yeah yeah with uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck and and of course you know Tom Brady Tommy. who just yep. had to be in there. Um, and it just the reason it was my favorite was just from Matt Damon, basically just like. You know, when I told you I'd, I'd do anything for you, well, this is anything, you know, and it's just like <laughs> yeah, two yeah, best yeah. friends that are just like, I'm, I don't know why I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently I was reading about it and apparently that, that, w- that was not at all in the script. He actually said that to him as they were walking, as they were, somebody caught it on film and they kept it rolling. So I think that was actually maybe his, his actual sentiment, uh, sentiment on that, on that. Topic. That's pretty funny. That's pretty, yeah. and and that was number two, according to to USA Today. The number one was the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger um, Neba. Yeah. Neba. It, it was good, but I I didn't think it was the best one. I I mean, it was clever. It was funny. I was. It, it was clever. I had sent you the one uh, that I really wanted to see, but they they only showed an abridged version of it. But it was the Paramount was. Plus ad uh, with uh, Tua. On there, and well, it had a bunch of people. It had Tua, it had yeah. Barrymore, it had uh, Patrick Stewart, and I, I saw that Peppa one Pig, Peppa hey Pig. Arnold, yeah, yeah, Creed, and um, I mean, if if you haven't done it, go go watch, go find the full version of that. It's, it's a two minute commercial. The full version was so much better. It's it's hysterical. Uh, I mean. And for the, I, I almost I don't want to give away my favorite part in case anybody because it wasn't on the the thirty second blip, but um, well I guess I could say it because it, it already happens. But when Patrick Stewart, you know, pulls off the robe and he's got the old school, you know, you know, j- jersey on, and he says he says I'm gonna throw I, I'll throw him and he he has a, he goes to his arm and he's got an armband like a play like an NFL player armband. He flips it up and it just says throw the child which I just, I just lost it at throw the child i thought that was brilliant and uh I but you can't really show that on live national television with you know I mean, that many people yeah. watching and it's like well, throw the, the child premise. he does pick up the kid and throw him the kid with the football shaped head so right i mean it, he ends up doing it so i don't know why you couldn't show it but i thought that was that was and then drew barrymore would be like and creed's here <laughs> yep, I thought that was the one. best part. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, no, I had that one. I liked the, uh, and I had to go back and look at what it was, but it was uh, the Kawasaki commercial with the instant mullets uh, as the Kawasaki's go blowing past everybody, 
and you get mullets on you know the bald guy on the dog yeah. on business the in the baby. front party they, in the back yeah that was good uh the dr pepper transfer portal wasn't a great commercial but i thought it was very apropos of d4 as we have talked about it quite a bit right and uh teams all just blowing away and uh that that was uh that was i think clever um talking like walking you know with christopher walken was a good one of course um, it is i, I mean because yeah. christopher walken is is great um the pickleball babies pickleball babies was on there yeah that was that was a, again solid you know e-trade coming back um the french i, I thought the the, I got, that was the one with uh Messy. That wasn't one. That wasn't very good. It was a Michelob Ultra. Yeah, eh. it was all right. I mean, Dan, Dan Marino got a lot of airtime in this Super Bowl. He, did. he was in like three commercials, I think. So I was he did quite impressed with that. And of course, then Brady made the what right at the very beginning. They did the was it DraftKings or, or it was a sports betting one that when anybody can play except for Tom Brady because he wins. Oh yeah, much. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was right at the beginning of the game. I thought that one was also fairly clever, but. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I thought all in all a fairly strong commercial lineup. Nothing, uh, nothing. I think that maybe will go down in history is fantastic, but you know there was uh, some good stuff on there. But uh, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, I'd actually kind of you know yeah. I mean, I'd made some notes. I was thinking we'd tackle that when we talked about the Super Bowl, but since we kind of jumped in early, no, no big deal. Let me um, let me throw you one on here. A uh, well, I got to start with this one. So. Uh, this was a. This is we had a classic uh, D four sports moment in the sporting world. In the well, several I suppose, but one in particular, uh, not this past weekend, but the weekend before, and that was the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Did you happen to see? Yes. <laughs> see it? Yes. So Absolutely for did. Who, for those who don't know, so this is a golf tournament in Phoenix, uh, sponsored by Waste Management. The you know the. Uh, garbage company right garbage trucks waste removal whatever you call it. and uh it, it, this tournament has a very long history of being a rowdy crowd in particular around the 16th green there's a par three with a big stadium seating built around it and and they just they they drink all day and they just cheer and they go around they boo guys when they don't hit a good shot they they heckle them and the players have embraced it it's kind of a badge of honor to you know if you you know to get beer cans thrown at you you know on a I mean it's crazy stuff happening on the 16th hole it's what golf should be well i don't know about that <laughs> that's kind of what live golf is sort of right golf but louder i guess is their slogan right right it's not well, the gentlemanly game well phoenix showed up this year that's all i can really say here because the, things got so crazy now there's there's a couple things that contributed number 1 they had a lot of rain in Phoenix that weekend, which is very unusual. Although, I mean, they do get some rain in the winter, but not much. But they had a lot of rain. And so there was a lot of parts of the course that were really muddy. And so a lot of the fans were kind of concentrated in, in kind of really tight quarters. So things got really, really crowded. And, of course, people were there drinking. They were drinking all day. They had huge crowds crowded into small places. People started – and, I, I, again – if you haven't seen any, go check out some of the videos online about what the fans were doing. Because there was, you know, golf courses are not flat, right? There's hills and stuff. People are sliding down the hills in the mud. They are, uh, well, some of them are so drunk they can't make it up the hills and walk around. 
people are staggering all over the place. People are literally carrying people out of there because they're so they're so intoxicated. So they got so bad on Saturday, they actually shut the gates at two o'clock in the afternoon and stopped selling alcohol because it was just getting out of control. And uh, you know, look, I hey, this podcast is about sports and drinking. So we're, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shame anybody for drinking, but uh, I, I I think I have to echo the sentiment of I think most people after this event and saying like okay things got to rain in a little bit because it was uh it was getting out of hand somebody's gonna get hurt something bad's gonna happen well I think somebody did fall out of the bleachers I think on, on the 16th hole at one at one point uh, didn't have any serious injuries but yeah I mean that was but that was you talk about the intersection of alcohol and sports Woo, baby they they were on display there. Yeah, it it was impressive, very impressive. I've been to one golf tournament, um, and I was at the PGA. Colonial. P- oh, okay, yeah, nice. So, um, and we, uh, Mark, um, my bro- other brother-in-law, mm-hmm. um, took me and Angela, and we were on the 16th hole, I believe, 13th or 16th, something like that. Anyways, okay, got to be in the grandstands behind the hole that had, you know, free alcohol there and um it was mm-hmm. for his company kind of thing yeah. and that was actually a lot of fun just yeah. to just to be a part of that and and it was it was loud but then at the same time very subdued it wasn't like phoenix by any stretch of the imagination yeah, yeah, yeah. um but it's 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 fun to kind of go to the, to that i mean i don't know a whole lot about golf but at the same time you feel like you're part of something and it's a whole bunch of people there and it's just it, it, it's fun to be around but that that tournament has been fun for people, but this yeah. one just kind of escalated yeah. rather quickly. It, it, yeah, it really did. And <clears throat> I've only actually been to one professional event, and that was actually a senior event in St. Louis at Belle Reve Country Club. And um, there was still good crowds there and everything. But it's really amazing when you start watching professional golf and you see, you know, on the television, on the broadcast – you see all these crowds and you don't hear anything. And it really is. I mean, people really get silent when guys mm-hmm. are putting around the green. It, it's it's frankly pretty impressive that you can get that many people to make that little noise <laughs> repeatedly throughout the day. I actually I, I had I had I had one more story on because uh, I saw a, a highlight of this of a, a famous moment at the Phoenix Open from 1999. Tiger Woods teeing off at the 13th hole. In 1999, and he just yanks his driver out into the desert, which, of course, is not impossible to do in Phoenix, but way out into the desert. And he's right behind this big, sizable boulder and calls the rules guy over. And he's like, well, hey, can we move this? And the guy's like, well, I mean, it's movable. (laughs) So Tiger says, hey, guys, and calls the fans and gets like 20, 20 patrons come in and these guys just, they, they roll the boulder out of the way so the tiger can hit his shot. And I mean, it's a big rock and these guys are working hard. I mean, to get this boulder out of the way for him, but it's a, uh, it's pretty funny. I mean, it's like, those guys yeah, get they, to tell that story though. Like, Hey, I was one of those guys that, yeah, yeah he was like, well, and I got one, one more golf. This is quicker, but uh Cristobal del Solar, that name mean anything to you? Not at all. Shot. 57 in round one of the Corn Ferry Tour event in Bogota, uh, South Colombia. So it's technically a professional golf event. You know, the Corn, Corn Ferry, Ferry Tour is a, 
a recognized uh, recognized tour. It's basically, I don't know, it's like the, the step before the actual PGA tour. So it'd be like think AAA baseball or or whatever, like right, minor right. leagues. But but uh, I don't care who you are. Fifty seven. Fifty seven is uh, pretty darn impressive. So Cristobal del Solar, you you are an honorary D four member shooting. Fifty seven out there in Bogota. All right, you got another one more opening shot for me? I do. I don't I don't know if you saw this game recently, but um it looks like there was literally no defense played in this game. Okay. And uh it's not not the direction you think I'm gonna go, because I bet you think I'm thinking the NBA All Star game. There was I, no well, defense I, in that. Well, there's never any in that, but uh uh, yeah, and, and I actually missed it. I knew it was happening, but I didn't get a chance to see it. But okay, give it to me. What do you got? I've got the uh, the it's the Minnesota Wild versus mm-hmm. the Vancouver Canucks. I did see this, score. right? Yeah. And I'm going hockey, so you you yeah. know that something happened, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, I saw this score of ten to seven. Yeah, in a <laughs> hockey game. Yeah, ten yeah. to seven. I've seen football games that have scored less than that. <laughs> like, all, That's all ridiculous. The games. Yeah. There are three guys that had a hat trick. Wow, mm. I didn't know that. That's yes. got to be a record. That's got to be close. JT to Miller for Vancouver, Kaprizov for the Wild, and Erickson Eck for the Wild. Um, both the guys for the Wild that had the hat trick both had three assists as well. So, oh, yeah, that's that's putting it on. I mean, it was 2-1 to one at the end of the first. But the Wild had seven goals in the third period. That's that's a lot. And I think it was six goals within a like a six minute period or something like that. That mm. which is unreal. Yeah, that is wild. So I I, I, I just Googled it. Actually, the Montreal Canadiens themselves, by themselves, have four hat tricks in a game in nineteen twenty. That's a long time ago. That was a long time ago. I mean, that's 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 at least twelve goals with four hat tricks in one game. So I guess it's not a record, but uh, no, yeah, that's a yeah. It's not one. That's one of those. It's it's like one of those times when you know a starter gets roughed up, you know, in in a in a and they come out in the first or second third inning, and you're down eight to nothing, and the coach just calls on the long reliever and says, "Buddy." I need you to take one for the team. You're going to go pitch five innings, and they'll go out there and they'll give up six, seven, eight, ten runs. And the managers is like, "We got to save the bullpen. We're leaving them out there." And and you know, and uh, I mean, I, I imagine I don't I don't I mean, maybe they, maybe they subbed a goalie out. I don't know. You you think one of them would have changed something at some point? But yeah. What wasn't there a game recently where the guy from the Zamboni that drove the Zamboni came out and and was a goalie? I don't think I saw that. I think I it was know. a few years back. There was a, a guy that I mean he he played hockey and he was a goalie, okay. but for for this like at the arena he was the Zamboni guy, okay. um, and they needed a goalie and he was like, hey, I've done that in semi pro. I'll come out and you know, and he actually played goalie for the rest of the game. I th- yeah, I th- you know, I think I do vaguely remember that. I don't remember what team it was, but uh, yeah, it wasn't know. just like the the sixty three year old that is the couch <laughs> potato and just coming <laughs> off the Zamboni and just sitting there. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, look, I'm telling you what, of all the things in professional sports 
that if you want me to get out there and take a curtain call and do the last thing I'm doing is NHL goalie. <laughs> oh my gosh, that puck. That's a brick coming at you at a hundred miles an hour. No, at chance. least no chance. At least no way. I would. I can. Th- I mean, maybe boxing. I don't want to box or you know MMA, but give me almost anything else. Almost anything else. I think rather than NHL goalie. I can't get out of a way of a beach ball coming at me. I couldn't imagine a hockey puck coming at me. No. Yeah. Oh, it, you, you'd get. You'd just be leveled on the ice. You wouldn't even know where it came from. <laughs> Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd never see it. I'd be like, oh my. I'd, be, I'd be sprawled out. <laughs> I would have no idea why. I'd be like, what happened? But uh, yep. yeah, yep. no, that's that's crazy stuff. All right, well, I got some more stuff. But we'll uh, we we got our sports roundup coming up here in a, in, in just uh, just a minute. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. But I I do want to actually take a minute before we end this segment. You're gonna hear some new music this week, and I just need to again give a a huge shout out to my son-in-law Trey Klein. Uh, father of Alice, um, for just continuing to supply us with really good music. And Trey, thank you very much. I, you know, you just, you know, in the last month or so, you've you've dropped I think five or six new tunes that our listeners are going to hear. And I, uh, we haven't given you, well, you're mentioned in the outro. I'm not sure how many people listen to the outro each week, but uh, I just want to make sure you get the shout out that you deserve for making D4 what it is. Thank you, Trey. Thank you, sir. All right, Dustin, so it's been a couple of weeks, and uh, we are still, of course, in the throes of our D4 you know, competitions back and forth. We have our, our uh, fantasy leagues. We're still still going on. At least at least one of us is still playing um, in in some of them. And, you know, I'll, I'll say it again. Thank goodness for the NBA because I continue to actually play. Like, uh, I don't know, you got me into this league and these guys don't play. And you're not playing, which I'm still. And we've talked about it a bunch of times and you're still not playing. So I, mean, I what, actually what tried what to gives? set up my lineup for like the week because I was like, I'm going to forget this. So like you yeah. can do each day and I did it yeah. for like four days. And then the last three days of it, I forgot, I guess. And then I uh, <laughs> went back and looked and I had lost eight to nothing. There you go. Amazing how when you don't set a lineup for the team. And I mean, it's, you know, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, well, you told me this because when you signed me up for this, I said, well, look, I don't want to be doing this every day. And you're like, oh, you just go in at the beginning of the week. You set it up once. You let it go. Everything's fine. And so that's so that's what I've been doing. So I go in at the beginning of the week and I said, you know, I at least make sure the guys who are playing are on the court, you know, and I don't leave guys who are active on the bench. Because honestly, I think the last three weeks, if people had played full teams against me, it would have probably been pretty close to 50 50 but instead i'm winning eight nothing seven one and eight nothing my uh my record continues to dominate i am 96 30 and two and you have fallen below 500 at 63 64 and one well there you go so there you go i just i I was just uh you know trying to let you feel uh some some hope after you know the football season was over well hey look man you already 
got on me bad enough for auto-drafting, and here I am, Captain Auto-Draft, and Captain Dominance is what it's looking like. And speaking of Dominance, the Fantasy Premier League still going on, and uh, I continue to hold on to a fairly comfortable lead in that. Uh, and that one I actually try. I, well, I know. You I, You made more moves in the Premier League this week than you did in like your basketball team for the last two weeks, I think. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so we're actually we're actually tied right now. We're at sixty three, sixty three, um, and this is a weird week because this is like a double week where four teams have two games, and so you I actually have you have we both have Holland again, who kind of laid an egg in the first game, but hopefully he'll come through this one. And then you have a defenseman, and I've got De Bruyne in the midfield, but then you have a Liverpool midfielder too, who's got an extra game. So you have you know basically one more game to to, to take it. But uh, we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, so I continue to have a, a solid lead there. Also, you know, you sent me a text about the Water Dogs winning this weekend, and I was like, "Well, we're all Water Dogs today." But then the championship game was the Boston Cannons, who, you know, are not. I'm a I'm a Whip Snakes guy now, but you know, I was Boston Cannons before. But the Cannons took the championship. Beat the Water Dogs twenty three to twenty two in overtime in the finals of the pre, the the uh, the PLL. So when when was this? That was uh, that's not Sunday. the fi- Sunday. That was the yeah, finals. Be, yeah, because uh, yeah, it's twenty three twenty two in overtime. But I didn't. Yep. I guess I didn't realize that was the the championship game. Yeah, that was it. That was the game. I think. Oh I'm, man, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, no, I'm I'm looking at it right now. Yep. Yeah, in overtime they they took it from him. So yeah, that's crazy. There you go. So and I, I must have started following uh, the Premier Lacrosse League on Twitter because I continue to get uh, updates about about it coming up. But uh, so from from you know the glory of the Boston Cannons to the depths of despair that are the boys from Bermondsey and Millwall. Oh my goodness. Valentine's Day, they're playing Ipswich, who's one of the better teams in the league. And it's like, okay, you know, a draw would be great. They lost four to nothing, right? They mm-hmm. got they got pounded. So then they come into Saturday, and they're playing Sheffield Wednesday, who was one of the worst teams in the league. Had been in last for most of the season. They're currently in 23rd, next to last. We lose to them two to nothing. We've lost four straight. We were 0-7-1 in their last eight games. One draw, seven losses. They have not won a game since January 1st, and that didn't even count. That wasn't even a championship league game. It was just like a friendly, I guess, right. Coventry. I mean, this is – we're 21st. They're plummeting. One point above – out of 24. 21st out of 24. One point above relegation and and, and not even being competitive. Well, it's like there's no heartbeat. There's not even like a, a trickle of a of a heartbeat. I mean, it's right terrible. now they're just floundering. It's terrible. Uh, and you know, again, I I've been in the states, and but even here, they're not on TV much, so I don't get to see them much. But apparently, the new coach, the whatever he was excited about, he's playing five at the back again. He's playing defensive football. What's I? For the life of me, every single Millwall fan would be a lot happier with a four three loss. Than a two to nothing loss, right? It's showing something though, like a competitiveness. Like if you get a goal, like you, you you're showing, 
hey, there's that competitive drive, right? So it, it's like the Tech playing Iowa State the other night in basketball. Yeah. I mean, I look at it and Iowa State's up by like 30 or 25 or whatever it is. And I'm like, man, this game is over. So I quit quit watching, you know, like my MO is, hoping the Tech will win. And at the end of it, they lose by eight. And what they're doing is they're showing fight. I mean, it, they're probably not going to come back and beat Iowa yeah. State, who's six in the nation now. Right. But it's showing that that grit and, hey, I'm going to fight till the very end, where Millwall is not even showing fight at the beginning of a game to to for anything. Yeah. And I, I get soccer is a much more defensive-focused game, and you know it's about ball control and passing, although Millwall is not that. They are not a ball control and passing team. They're a counter-striking team, always have been since we've been following them. Exactly. But with a team that is struggling to score, how do you not get out there and just play the most aggressive that you can? I mean, how could you play five guys back and play a defensive first game when you can't score? When you know you can't score? When you haven't been able to score all season long? I, I don't. I don't get. But if and I go down swinging, I mean, it's crazy. What's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to lose. Yeah, well, exactly. Right? Yeah. It's yeah, like I, it's like a baseball player that just, you know, strikes out looking all the time. Yeah. It's like, just swing. And, and I, I got to say, I mean, obviously, you know, we're still new to the soccer game. We're still fairly new to Millwall world. But after last year and the, the guys they brought in this year, I think there was a lot of optimism around this team and some excitement that on paper, this is a better team than last year. And... Oh, it's oh, I, relegation. Americans it's hard don't to, know how to Americans don't know how to handle relegation. What are we gonna do if they get relegated? I have yeah, I don't know. But you know, we we keep saying Millwall till we die. But man, this team is looking like they're they're plummeting quickly, and it, it's hard to watch. It's hard to follow. It is. it is, especially when you're cheering for a team. Yeah. Speaking of plummeting quickly, the Detroit Pistons have now won eight games. The Wizards have won nine. So both of them are just worthless now. They're not even interesting stories anymore. No, San Antonio's at 11. Washington, not Washington. Um, Charlotte's at 13. Yeah. So. Yeah, so, you know, it was fun to talk about the Pistons for a while. Although, I do have to hand it to Isaiah Stewart. Did you see his story? How he yeah, he this. handed it to somebody as well. Um, sure did. So. <laughs> Talk about show and fight. Show and fight. The Pistons aren't giving up. He's clocking people in the parking lot and getting arrested for assault. It was a Darren Eubanks. Is that what his name? For the Phoenix Drew. Suns. Drew. Drew Eubanks. For the Suns. Before the game, they get in a fight in the parking lot. That's taking things to a new level. He's going to court next week, by the way, on the 23rd uh, for that That's one. That's just ridiculous. So, well, ridiculous. Well... Well done, Isaiah Stewart and the Pistons. I, 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 I can't even – I mean, after the game, if they're in a bar, at least we could joke about it because they'd be drinking. And, but, I mean, like, you're getting ready to come play a game and you get in a fight with a guy on the way to the – I don't know. But what was weird – so I saw – I just saw the headline. I'm like, you know, so-and-so for the Pistons, you know, uh, face arrested for, you know, punching another player. And I thought maybe it happened on the court, right? And I was like, whoa. That'd be a big deal because, you know, there have been a few malice events. at the palace. Yeah, there have been some events where, you know, in in game hits 
have been called for people to say he should be charged with assault. I mean, there was one hockey play in particular, I remember, that a guy just just whacked a guy from behind, just right on the head, took him out. I mean, it was bad. And people were like, that's not even, that's not a penalty, that's assault. You know, and yeah, never, there that's was not a, a game type yeah. move in any form or fashion. What do you, let me ask you, what do, what do you think about that? What do you think about the, do you think somebody could do something on the field that would warrant criminal charges? Absolutely. I, I think if there's intent behind it, but how do you, I mean, where's the line though? Well, that's like, what I'm saying, right? That's, I mean, you're making a pretty significant judgment that a guy didn't just lose his cool and make a cheap shot, and you're saying that cheap shot now rises to a criminal offense. Right. Right? I don't And obviously think. in the parking lot before a game is different than yeah, on yeah, the court yeah. in yeah. game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I th- I think do you remember the the Rudy Tomjanovich punch? The punch. Yeah, yeah. That's a criminal get, offense. He didn't it should have been charged though, did. Yeah. I don't no. think anybody's ever been charged for a play in a game. But that with, one had intent yeah. because he oh, yeah. ran the full length of the court. Yeah. And hit him from behind knowing full well what he was doing the whole time he's running the yeah. length of the court. I'm watching that video. That one's that's rough. That's really rough. If you want to see a, a he had to have constructive in, surgery on his yeah. face. Well, I mean the guy just yeah, it's full on yeah, cold cocked him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That was ruthless. Two other quick updates. Uh India crushed England in the third test. Uh, in the India-England cricket match. So that's not looking good for England there. Six Nations, round two. Uh, the close games went away. Ireland beat Italy 36 to nothing. England beat Wales 16 to four. And France beat Scotland 20 to 16. They're coming up uh, to week three this weekend. So that's your, that's your uh, British sports update. You know, and uh, obviously Premier League is... Still getting, you know, it's getting pretty, pretty fiery now. We're in week 25 of the season this week. And I, there's what, there's going to be, I guess there's 38. They play everybody twice. There's 20 teams or the 38 games. So we got about 12, 13, 14 games left, depending on what team you're looking at. So uh, some stuff happening over here on that. But, uh, and then we've been following the saga of Caitlin Clark and, D4 listeners, if somehow you missed it, she broke the record. Probably ahead of schedule. I didn't count the games when we started talking. But talk me through this, Dustin. Number one, the way she did it. I mean. <laughs> but it, it's true like Caitlin Clark fashion, though. Oh, yeah. It it was the first quarter. Yeah. Right? And it's well, not she only just eight like. Points. She only needed eight points coming into the game. <laughs> And she's at home, right. so that was good, right? So, right. Okay. And, and it wasn't one of those like, hey, you did it on a free throw or, hey, you you were spotting up in the corner and nailed a three. Um, she did nail a three, but <laughs> yes, it was basically one dribble past half court from the logo, mm-hmm. which is n- nobody does that unless, you know, you're Damian Lillard in the All-Star game. Um, Steph and she Curry's pulled the, it. Steph Curry is the only guy I've ever seen do anything like it. And but it's in game. Like it's yeah. an it's a competitive game. It's not yeah. just like pickup ball. Right. She pulls it one, maybe two dribbles, but I'm pretty sure it's yeah. one. Yeah, it was. And not only that, 
somebody fouled her. Oh, really? Like, I didn't see the foul. <laughs> it was an and one three-pointer from half court almost. <laughs> well, they couldn't believe she was shooting. <laughs> Why do you jump out at that? I mean, yeah, I well. get it. She made it. But And what's funny is like in the post-game interview, Caitlin Clark's like, y'all didn't expect me to shoot that shot? Like, yeah. you knew I was going to shoot that shot for the record. <laughs> like, I wasn't going to shoot a layup. Like, okay, I'm so shooting ask, from the logo. So let me ask you this. If you're Caitlin Clark, or if you're Caitlin Clark's coach or teammates, and she misses that shot, <laughs> what do you say? Do you let her do it again? No, you can't. I don't you even. I, I don't think she does it again, though. That's the thing. I think well, right, you know she right. misses that. She's like, okay, I got to really, but I mean, really do it. That could have been a real oh moment. That could have been really cringeworthy if she misses that, right? Because I mean, like airballs it four feet to the right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, and it, look, on a shot that long, even good players can miss the backboard. Right. So, but yeah, she just, that was wild. Just drained it. That's, and now it's, that's one of those as a coach. You're like, no, 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 no. Mm, nice shot. Nice shot. I, do you think she even told the coach? No. I bet she did. I bet she did. I, I, I don't feeling, think so. See, I, 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 want, I didn't go back and look at the box score to see if like she had scored seven. Right. Obviously, she knew next shot. I'm breaking the record. Right. So it wasn't like it was in question. It was going to happen. So obviously, hey, cool. You want to make it happen. And here's why I like this. Here's why I like this, you know, more than just kind of other general stuff is because, you know, a lot of times players are like, oh, it's not about the record. And they, they break these milestone records. And it's like, oh, you know. Uh, it's, uh, I'm just in it for the wins and that. And, and it's like they don't even care. But you, you got to care a little bit, right? And not that you want arrogant hot dogs all the time out there. But I just got to say, good on you, Caitlin Clark, for going out and being like, look, I'm setting the record. You're all here to see me set the record. I'm going to try to do it with some flair. And sh- she sure did. Sure did. So she needed eight to take the record, seven to right. tie, correct? Yeah. Okay. First play of the game, she made a layup. Okay. Second play of the game, she hit a three. So she's at five in two straight possessions. Next possession is a turnover. Then the next possession's a turnover by her. And then the next possession. So she had five. And to break the record, she needed to hit a three. So she's like. Instead of tying it and then getting it on the next one, she's like, I'm going to hit a three to break it. Nice. And that's what that's what happened. I mean, that's that's gutsy. That's gutsy. So, okay, since we're on the topic of records, uh, this was another news story that came up. And uh, th- this was a Barstool reported. Some guy, Brandon Walker, I don't know who Brandon Walker is. He's probably another sports podcaster. Or maybe he's, I don't know, somebody. But he went on a, a, a pretty significant rant talking about how Cal Ripken's consecutive game streak Right, which is like two thousand one hundred and thirty-five or twenty-one forty or something. How it's how it's totally overrated, you know, blah blah blah. It's not a not that big a deal. And I mean, frankly, Barstool appropriately were like, "Are you kidding me?" I mean, that's a that is an incredible record that will never be touched, never be touched. I think that that might be one of the safest records in the books, right? But that got, got me to thinking. And I've, I've, you know, I've, I've prepped you. I didn't, although I didn't tell you what they are, 
But I'm saying this would be a good D4 lightning round. Records. Overrated or underrated, right? Okay. Okay. So I I, I got a few. You know, I don't have a ton here, but I, I got a few. I got uh, sticking with baseball first. Joe DiMaggio, 56-game hitting streak. Overrated, underrated? Uh, I think that's underrated. That's a hard, hard thing to do because there's a lot of guys that go out there and have like a 25-game hit streak. Yeah. And it's like, man, this guy's on fire. And then you're having to double that plus some. I mean, that's yeah. – and it's hard to hit a baseball. I think one of the hardest things in sports is yeah. is to hit a baseball. But I know it's lightning round, so I apologize. Yeah. No, yeah, no, no. I, I, I agree with you. I, I don't think anybody's gotten more than about 40 in a sense. I mean, it's not even really close. Uh, Sticking with baseball, Cy Young, 511 wins. That's, that's underrated. That's a lot of baseball. Okay. I, I agree with you, but here's the thing. Cy Young was pitching in the 1800s, right? So, I mean, and okay, he pitched for like 35 years or whatever, right? Because he did. But I went back and I looked, and I, I looked at at the you know the the all time you know it's 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 Cy Young at 511. Walter Johnson who was pitching in the you know the 19 aughts to the 20s at like 400. Christy Mathewson who was pitching in the 1920s. The first guy that's even kind of modern. Is Warren Spawn from forty six to sixty five with three hundred and sixty three? Okay, everybody else was back in the twenties. Was done playing baseball before the nineteen forties. So in the modern game, Greg Maddox has three fifty five. Clemens has three fifty four, and you got a couple of other guys over three hundred. So part of me just says, I mean. Obviously, 511 yards, 511 wins is a ton. You can't say that's overrated, but it's also it's such a different era. It's like it's you're not even comparing the same thing. So I kind of feel like I don't know. I feel like it's I, I, it's almost artificial. I think. Well, I get what you're saying too, but at the same time, in like a in one season, you get 15 wins. You're like, man, he see, he had now. a pretty good year. That's now because they're only pitching 30 games a year, 32 games a year. But back in the day, I mean, they were pitching 50 games a year, you know? So, anyway. All right, lightning round. It's not very lightning, but here we go. Will Chamberlain, 100-point game. It's rated. <laughs> About right. Well, yeah. his size, his ability, back – exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, LeBron James. Soon to be 40,000 points. Probably get that in the next six games. He's a 39,868 career scoring record. Overrated, underrated? I think it's it's appropriately rated as well due to the fact that he's been playing for a very long time, but he's been playing at a very high level for a very long time. Yeah. So the yeah. points are going to accumulate. Yeah. Uh, Eric Dickerson, 2,105 rushing yards in a season. It's underrated. I mean, he's... He was very, very good at a, yeah. a you know. Yeah. And I know they ran the ball more back then too, but still, it's no. I I don't see it getting past anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, you've had it. Well, you know, we got the seventeenth game now, right? So, but so it's the been windows close. open. The windows open, and there's been a few guys, right? I mean, Adrian Peterson got real close. Barry Sanders got pretty close. Uh, Chris Johnson. Chris Johnson, Derek Henry made a run at it, but yeah, I, I'm with. I think Eric Dickerson is one of the guys who gets not nearly enough conversation in the greatest running back of all time, and I think it's because he. 
I mean, he definitely tapered off toward the end of his career. So there's that, and he didn't play long enough to really. But man, he was something. No, I he thought was it was the goggles. Man. Yeah. One more baseball. Ted Williams, four oh six, hitting four oh six in nineteen forty one. That's underrated. That's <laughs> ridiculous. That is yeah. a percentage that it isn't going to happen. That's so good for a well, for that extended period of time. Yeah, I mean Tony Gwynn, right? Hit three ninety five, three ninety seven. I think you know you had you had Rod Carew and Tony Gwynn making a something of a run at it, but nobody has hit over four hundred in any baseball. And you know, I mean, I was looking. I think the record. I was looking at this. I think it was four forty two or four twenty four. But again, that's way back in the day. You know, like you're talking Ty Cobb era. You know, in in baseball. But yeah, I mean, I think. 406 is freakishly good. Freakishly yeah. good. Uh, I got one more. Uh, Peyton Manning, 5,477 yards in a season. Overrated. Overrated? How come? I had to choose one overrated, right? <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. That's... Drew Brees is second with 5,476 Man, yeah. he's got him by one yard. <laughs> I remember that. I remember yeah. when Breeze was doing it, and they were talking about yeah. it, and yeah. uh, but that's that's a lot of throwing motion. That's a lot. Somebody in the seventeen game season is going to break it, though. Again, that's another one that you know you, you're like, well, you start lengthening the seasons up. What are you going to do? Of course, they're going to get broken. Mm-hmm. All right, sports roundup D four. The child during the Super Bowl. They played some pickleball with the babies. But for those of us who actually did watch the game, Super Bowl was a 58. Uh, I mean, I'm not ready to say best Super Bowl ever, but it was a good game. Really good. It was game. a very gotta good be, game. Got to be a top five Super Bowl, I think. It was a very good game. I mean, everybody came out and threw their punches too. I mean, it it started off a little ugly. Just and it may have been the moment, just because it's the Super Bowl and everybody's got their yeah. energy level up, and you know things are a little bit more tight, so cause for uh, something going wrong is higher. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it calmed down, and it became a great, great game. Yeah, it did. I, I, it's interesting. I, I, I almost, I'm almost glad that it was Christian McCaffrey that gave up the first turnover, right? Because it's like, well, you. Can't bench him. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, number one, he never fumbles, right? And number right. two, he's your best offensive player. So it's like, ah, you know what? Everybody makes mistakes sometimes. And I'm, I'm just kind of glad it wasn't, you know, Kadarius Tony, <laughs> who I don't even think Kadarius Tony played. But you know what I'm saying, right? I mean, like, I'm glad it wasn't like a role player or some minor guy who, like, we ran a play for a guy who never gets the ball and he goes out and he fumbles because that would just stink. But you know, right. hey. When, it, when it's when it's your horse who fumbles the ball, I mean, you're like, well, you know, we just got to overcome it and get back on it. And I think, I think, well, and the same thing with Pacheco, right? Although the, although the announcers did talk about Pacheco, and he, he clearly looked much more rattled and frazzled than McCaffrey, you know. He did. Um, and they were like, well, they got to make sure he stays in the game. He doesn't get doesn't lose confidence and seems a bit much for to lose confidence for just one guy, but. Man, I, I think when I look back on that game, I just 
ah, boy, the Niners just got to be kicking themselves with just missed opportunities there. To they, there, they, there were a lot of missed opportunities. I think the play of the game at least seventeen to twenty points in the first half of that game, and they just they just didn't. They didn't you know? do it. Yeah. Play of the game though was you know Greenlaw trying to come back out onto the field and that ruptures his Achilles. So just crazy. Wild. Wild. And the way their defense was playing those first yeah. three possessions, yeah, it was like they were getting shot out of a cannon. Yeah. And Greenlaw's one of their best defensive players. Absolutely. So to yeah. lose him and then kind of feel deflated a little bit, in my opinion, yeah. um, drastically changed the game. I mean, if for those that don't know, um, I think there was a punt and it was a great punt. And he was excited about, you know, getting back on the field to play defense. And he jumped up and then to plant his feet to take off to run onto the field towards Achilles. Yeah, it wasn't even there was nothing odd about it, right? I mean, no. like I mean, you know, there there used to be, you know, uh, and I think it was really uh, gained a lot of popularity back in what in uh, when in two thousand four when the Red Sox beat the Yankees and everybody started, you know, jumping down the third baseline and the whole team would go down there and some guy like tore his ACL doing that, right? Right. And right. people were like, okay, this wasn't anything like that. It was just he was just getting ready to run back on the field. He kind of takes a skip and it's just unbelievable and. It's hard to say how much that changed, but I mean, he's a key defensive player for them. But, you know, we were sitting, I was sitting there looking at the end of the three minutes left in the first half. The Chiefs had 82 yards of offense, and one of those, one play was 54 yards. That one, that one long pass was 54 yards. They had 30 yards higher rest of the first half other than that play. So, I mean, and. For the Niners to not be able to capitalize on on the, the the fumble early and then that oh tremendously bad interception that Mahomes threw to start the second half, I was like whoa, I, I I'm I'm actually really surprised he because it looked like it looked to me like that was going to be Mahomes turning into Josh Allen, right? Right. And and just trying too hard. I mean, and and he had to, and he did. I mean, at the end of the game. In my mind, the story of this game is missed opportunities by San Francisco and Pat Mahomes just winning the game. Yeah, he he, ba- the- he he won the game. He took it. He took his team. He did. He did. Dare I say it? He did. Tom Brady. I mean, he did what Brady did in in the fourth quarter of that Seahawks Super Bowl, in the fourth quarter and overtime of that Falcons Super Bowl. Brady. I mean, if you want to see great quarterback quarterback play go watch the fourth quarter of that game against the Seahawks he was I think he was 14 of 14 <laughs> with two touchdowns and 150 yards I mean it was impeccable quarterback play right and of course everything in the Atlanta game was just nuts the whole second half right but that whole comeback but but Mahomes just did it and then of course you get all the craziness on social media and people are like oh Mahomes is you know, the, 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 he's, he's as good as Brady or any people. And the dumb thing that I don't know, and I know you're not a social media guy, so you probably don't get to see this all the time, but all the guys who are posting, like, just stats and two players and, oh, look at their stats and how they're the same. And I'm like, okay, sure. Mahomes' stats are better than Brady's for the first six years of his career, right? <laughs> but, oh, but Brady didn't even start throwing the ball until 2007, and then he did it for another 14 years. So, right. Back that train up just a little bit. I think uh, at this point, Mahomes is the Hall of Fame, no question. Three Super Bowls, a couple MVPs, you know, no, no question. But uh, he's got a I ways to go. I think the thing go. for me, yeah. yeah, 
the thing for me is the team he did it with. And I know we've talked about this before, but yep. that team was, I mean, their defense was solid. Yep. But for Mahomes, I mean, look who he's throwing to. I mean, his second best receiver is Justin Watson. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've got Noah Gray as your second tight end. I mean, defenses honed in on Kelsey and Rasheed Rice. After that, who do you have? I mean, you look at San Francisco, you've got Debo. I know he got hurt, but he yeah, came yeah. back out there and tried to play. That was unfortunate, you've yeah. Ayuk and Kittle, and I mean, it, it didn't even compare. You look at the, the names on those teams, and you've just, you're like, San Francisco, easy. But yeah. Mahomes just was at, magical. I mean, he played so well at the end of that game. He really did. And 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 that Chiefs defense, I mean they, they definitely were better than I thought they were going to be. And I know they'd been good all year. Uh, and I you know, I saw some ridiculous articles being like, "Oh, they're got a chance to be one of the great defenses in history." I'm like, "No, they're not that good." Um, you know, and and they 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 were very good postseason. No question about it, but they they weren't the 85 Bears. Let's put it that way, right? Um, or the 2000 Ravens. Uh, not that, yeah, that Ravens that. D. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. That was a fun team to watch if you like defense. But, yeah, so my, my notes during the game, you know, because we were at the beginning, we were talking back and forth. It was like, what, you know, I said, I think the first one to 27 wins this, I think is what I said. And, and this was your quote. First one to the higher point total at the end of the game wins. And I just have to say, Dustin, thank you for that analysis. I think Tony Romo should be concerned because I I agree. I will say that was for the people that watched the Super Bowl for the commercials and the halftime show. Yeah. Just making sure they knew on the outcome of the game yeah. is the higher point total when the clock stops. Well, speaking of halftime show, I, I, I did come away from that extremely impressed at Usher's roller skating ability. How about you? Yeah. Um, yeah. There was something. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I mean, I it definitely, you know, he, he played to a demographic that he, he knew, right? So, like, his his time period was you know the the late late nineties early two thousands is like what the music that I knew that he he did and could sing along to most of those songs but uh, there there were definitely some that were like yeah this isn't for me I'm I I I know that I sent something very much to the point of I know that I am not the target demographic of this halftime show you know right when they pull the Rolling Stones back out when they bring U two back out. When they bring Billy Joel out, I'm like, okay, you're aiming at me. When they're bringing out Usher and whoever else was with him, I don't even know. I don't even know who these people are. I know it was Alicia Keys, although I didn't know at the time. because Ludacris. Yeah, okay, I'll take your word for it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But, yeah. So, but anyway, it was fine. I thought, I thought it, was, it was a fine halftime show. It and was, I could tell it did not really hit, you know, the demographic in my household because, like, my kids are running around going, watch me, watch me. Uh, you know, my wife is asleep on the couch. My mother-in-law yeah. is asleep on the couch. And I'm, you know, I'm going, yeah, they're not really into it either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did have this in my notes also. This is a good football game. It's not the one that the networks want, but it was a good defensive game and offenses finally finding ways to score. And this was a stat that I, I guess I didn't quite realize it when I was watching the game. But the last seven possessions of that game all resulted in points. The last seven possessions. The only one, and I'm not counting the kneel down uh, by the Niners at the end of at the end of regulation. But right, 
the last seven games. And my goodness, did that missed extra point change the game? Oh, it baby. sure did. In in a game where kickers get maligned and people are kicking fewer field goals, and oh man, is that? I mean, I don't know that it changed the outcome of the game, but it sure changed the strategy of the game when the Chiefs only knew they needed a field goal at the end of the game to you know to come out there and, and get to overtime, right, or or whatever. I mean, it was crazy, right. And like you said, it changes strategy for somebody like Mahomes or Brady or a Manning, like knowing, hey, I know what my kicker can do. I know I only have to do a certain amount of things. It opens up their playbook a whole lot more than having to to go, oh, man, I've got to get, you know, 75 yards and like now Uh, it does. It does change drastically. Uh, I do. I do want to ask, what's your take on some of the. Niners players saying they didn't really know the full aspect of the overtime rules since things had changed. Well, I didn't either. So I'm right with there. Of course, I'm not playing the game, so I can be forgiven for that. But I didn't know that they had changed this because that's not the playoff overtime rule. Correct. It's just Super Bowl, right? And I mean, I know why they did it, right? Obviously, because of the only other overtime game. And it's like, well, we didn't get the ball. And there's, of course, the whole Chiefs-Bills game and, and that sort of thing. So um, I'm surprised. I am surprised at it. I, 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 I don't know. I, I, think, I think that's that's the difference between Andy Reid's experience and Shanahan's experience, right? Um, and not that – I mean, Shanahan's been in the big game now a couple of times, so it's not like he's never been there. But the difference between somebody who's been doing it, however long, Reed, 35, 30 years probably as a head coach, right? Knows how to make sure nothing is overlooked. And this is always the classic Belichick argument, right? Nothing was ever overlooked under Bill Belichick, right? Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'm surprised. I, I think people, I think people overplaying, you know, oh, they definitely should have, you know, kicked off. I, Eh, I don't know. I mean, I, I see both sides of that argument, you know, and uh, so I, I don't think, I don't think that. I mean, you got to stop them. I mean, it's the bottom line. I, I just, I'm just glad they haven't. I mean, as much as college football overtime is exciting, I hope the NFL never does anything like that. You know. Oh, I agree. And I do agree and, with that. And I, and I still can't figure out why, why in college football they count overtime stats. That's the one that kills me. It's like. Okay, you know, the guy threw 50 touchdown passes, but 12 of them were in overtime, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. But, uh, right. Yeah, no, that was, that was a little surprising. So, all right. So, where do you think this Super Bowl leaves us heading into next year? I mean, I, to be honest now, you got to say, I think the Chiefs are the team to beat because of the, like I said, the team that he did it with. Now you're like, all right, whatever players he's got. As long as Kelsey's still there, yeah, you know they've got Mahomes well, and Kelsey. That's a fair question. How long do you think Kelsey's going to play? Maybe a couple more years. I, I mean, he's he's getting beat up. He's getting. I mean, he's you know coming off the line and getting hit as as hard as he does to just disrupt timing and things like that. He's taking hard hits, uh, trying to chest bump his coach that is an immovable statue. Um, you know, oh. that's, that's something too. 
Uh, and I say that one tongue in cheek, but at the same time, I, I don't know how many more years he can go. He's not going to be like a, like the QBs are right. Like he's not yeah. going to be able to play for the next 10, 12 years. He's going to no. have to, to slow down at some point. I think he plays to the lose the Super Bowl. Okay. I mean, because at this point he's got nothing. I mean, what they, he's got three, right? So, right. I mean, you know, in terms of tight ends, he's arguably in the conversation of the top five all time. Right. And mm-hmm. so it seems to me, I'm like, okay, you won two in a row. I mean, you got to go for three. Nobody's ever won three, right? I mean, you'd have to have a lot of motivation to walk away to not go for three. But I think as soon as they don't get to a Super Bowl or don't win one, I think he's done. But but I am with you. I think, you know, more than ever, I think you just say, Pat Mahomes can take any team to the Super Bowl, right? Now, they're going to have salary cap issues, right? There's no question about that. They've got issues. But I think, boy, the Niners are going to have terrible salary cap issues. They're in a lot of trouble to bring that team back. I think the Buffalo Bills window, boy, it's darn near closed. It's closing. It's yeah, closing. In a hurry. Um, the Dolphins, I mean, took a big step forward this year. But, boy, question marks around that team, right? So just not sure. The Ravens. <laughs> you know my position on Lamar. I don't see Lamar winning a Super Bowl in his career. I have yeah. to say. And so and and they're going to have salary cap issues again with him and Andrews and that other core. They're all going to, you know, they've all been paid, so you know who you know and I'm going to just I guess go on record now. Team that could don't be Don't say Jordan Love. Don't say Jordan Love. Jordan Love. <laughs> okay. Team that I was going to say is Houston. Now, I know we talk about C.J. Stroud well, jokingly, right? But at the same time... Well, we only talked about him jokingly for about half the year, right? I mean... Right. Yeah, yeah. And and if they get, you know, Nico Collins back... Um, oof, I don't know, man. They could be surprisingly yeah. legit next year. Well, I think they have to be now in the, in the, in the conversation, right? Because, I mean, we'll see if he has a sophomore slump, right? I mean... Cam Newton, right? Great first year, right? Nice, right. great. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think Stroud is the Cam Newton. That's not a great parallel, not a great co- comparison there. But you know, I mean, it's it's too much to expect. I think C.J. Stroud to be that good, you know, that that much of an outlier every year. But I think you can you continue. I mean, it, it's a quarterback league. I mean, we talked uh, on a couple podcasts ago. We t- I talked about coaching. Not many coaches win without a great quarterback, and it looks like the Texans hit that, right? So they're right. there. I think, obviously, the Lions. The Lions' window is just opening up, although Goff is a interesting one, right? Because he was seen as a bust early on and then revived and then traded mm-hmm. and then wins, and then, you know, and he's a Cal guy, so I got to support him. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'm still... 80% there on Jared Goff, right? Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I don't I don't know. And Detroit was so much fun to watch this year. They were, um, yeah. they were a good team. Um, so, you know, living in my neck of the woods, everybody's like, well, it's Dallas's year next year. And they've been saying that for the past, you know, 35 years. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, wait and see on that one. But, I don't, um, no, I think living in Texas now, Houston, uh, yeah. they're on the rise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Dallas, I don't know. Again, 
Talk to me in January. Next, talk to me next January if you want to be Dallas. The Eagles' collapse was shocking and hard to know what that portends for the future for them. You always got I the think, Jets. Uh, oh, oh man. <laughs> I, I will not utter his name yet. I know we'll have to talk about him a lot coming into next year, so we'll leave him on the sideline. Um, but I, you know, I, and I don't see any other NFC teams. I mean, there's some teams that have, a, you know, I mean, look, Baker, Baker turned into something. Maybe Baker's gonna write. Maybe he's gonna pull a Jared Goff and write the ship and come back and build himself a nice career. I think. I do think Baker Mayfield has a high ceiling. I think that's something nobody's really ever tended to say about him. But I think now that he's starting to play, he's got some confidence. When Baker feels dangerous, we know what can happen, right? So, I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, you know, Mike Evans is getting older. Um, Godwin, it it depends. He did it again. Yeah. I think, you know, one team that we were surprised by this year in a negative way, the Chargers. Um, yeah. They – it just wasn't pretty. Um, so, no, it'll be interesting next year. I mean, obviously every year we go into it going, oh, this is going to be an interesting year. Let's see how this team does and this team does with this and this. And, I mean, I get that. Uh, something to talk about. But, you know, where does Cincinnati go? Um, I know Burrow yeah. is hurt and they had a possibility of being that team this year. and. It didn't happen. Um, they didn't look good. So, um, you know, Nick Chubb goes out, you know, Cleveland. Oh, they yeah. I mean, that was what the biggest, we, biggest thing. Sean so, Watson, baby, coming back. Nick. Oh. No, right. but the whole so, AFC North is interesting. Again, I, I, I still think the AFC is a lot more interesting than the NFC. I do think Jordan Love played well enough to put the Packers in the conversation with that such a young team, and those wide receivers really did. All takes strides forward, which I think is important for them. Um, the Rams, I mean, who saw the Rams coming? Nobody, I don't think. And, you know, but yeah, Stafford's old. So I, yeah, I, I mean, some interesting real questions. Quick, but I think, they, I think the AFC is more interesting. Yeah, I'm going to take a quick sidestep real quick. You say the Rams. Um, was it Pakua or Puka Nakua? There you go. Puka Nakua. Yeah, yeah. Did you see how athletic he is? He played in that celebrity all-star game for basketball. Oh, no, I didn't see that. No, he was not. dunking all over people. Nice. <laughs> it, you'll have to go back and watch. He okay. is I'll do it. uber, yeah. uber athletic. So really? I know that was a sidestep, but you said the yeah. Rams, and I and I had to go to that because I was yeah. very surprised. Um, but the Rams are interesting due to the fact that what does Stafford do? Like, he's got great players. Yeah. So – well, he keep, he'll keep playing, and I think he clearly showed he's still got it, you know, at least for another year or two, so we'll see. Um, but, yeah, so for now, the NFL is going to bed until, I mean, Mel Kuyper's big, big board's already on his third or fourth iteration, and you, sir, are glowing. I see you reading the bottle. What do you, uh, you uh, are you compelled? Are you, what's your take on the glow there? No, I was just trying to read. I bought this like two weeks ago, and its expiration date is, um, Two days ago. Oh. <laughs> I didn't, that's I just, what you, you know, get for buying hydration instead of water. I guess so. <laughs> I think that's what that's what surprised me. I was like, what in the world? I missed it. Sparkling hydration. Yeah, a little well, woozy. Whoa, a woozy. 
Well, hey, the NFL will be back soon enough. We'll be on the draft when it happens, and uh, because they've managed to turn that into an event, which is pretty impressive on the NFL's part. And uh, we'll follow, you know, all of the free agency is always going to be pretty exciting coming up here in about, you know, six weeks or so, and uh, we'll dive into that. But for now, we're going to start turning our attention to some other sports and just keeping it D4. Sticking with football, Dustin, as we get to the uh, the last call here, we got the. Uh, it's probably not a two minute warning, maybe a ten minute warning. I don't know what our warning is here, but um, did you hear this one? Sticking with football, that the reason Mike Vrabel didn't get a head coaching job is because he's just too big and too intimidating. <laughs> this this theory was floated by I don't remember who now. It's been a while. I wrote this down. What do you what do you make of that? Is Mike Vrabel just just too darn big to be a head coach? Yeah, I don't know about that due to the fact that most people in the NFL are big. <laughs> yeah, but the right? owners aren't. This was the theory, right? That the owners who are businessmen, you know, they, they, they sit in front of a guy like Mike Vrabel and they're just like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if we can control this guy. You buy yeah, that I don't know all? about that. Yeah. No, I. that's that's a tough go. I don't I don't know about that. Um yeah. I think, honestly, you know, if we're going off intimidation, Mike McDaniel for the Dolphins is pretty intimidating. <laughs> oh, um, Somebody buy the <laughs> pants that fit. I, what, stop wearing the capris. Stop with the capris, all right? I can and handle the sunglasses. And the, I can handle I mean, nerdy, geeky, quirky humor, brainiac guy, but for goodness sakes, don't wear joggers. Anyway, I'm not the demographic. So- I'm not Mike McDaniel's demographic. Obviously, obviously. What do you got for me? What do you got for me? You glowing? Oh, I'm glowing. I'm glowing. Um, so the NBA comes out and they're like, man, we want to revitalize the all-star game. We really want these guys to go out and play defense and uh, make it a competitive game. And man, did they make it competitive. Mm-hmm. I think there were a total of 397 points scored. <laughs> it was Fantastic. the first time ever that a team scored over 200 points in a game. That's, I mean, it's just basically like the best players in the NBA going out there and playing a pickup game or just having shooting practice. But I think the stat that blew me more than anything else was the fact that between the two teams, 168 three-pointers were shot. <laughs> In okay. one game. I just did the math on 200 points in 48 minutes. That's 4.2 points per minute, right? Which is a lot. But you said 168? 168 threes were shot. Now, I was a three-point shooter in That's college. That's three-and-a-half three-point shooters, three-point three shots per minute in the game. I didn't shoot 168 in a season. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of threes. That's a good stat. Nice. Well done there. Uh, I have this one. Uh, You saw Wemby's triple-double, yeah? Yes. From a couple weeks ago. 29 points, 14 rebounds, and 10 not assists, 
but blocks. Yep. It's a solid triple. So this drove me down a little D4 rabbit hole, and I'm not going to go David all the way Ro- down here. What's David that? Robinson, Hakeem Olajuwon. I'm trying to name some guys off Shaquille the top of my head O'Neal. that did it. Shaquille O'Neal, 24 points, 28 rebounds, 15 blocks. Wow. <laughs> That's a game. That yeah. is a game right there. I had 28 rebounds. I don't know what the record. I'm sure the rebounding record is like 50. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure Will Chamberlain got 50 rebounds a game when he was playing, and nobody else was over six three or something. Right. But um, yeah. But no, Wembenyana. I mean, hey, for the rookie, and I'm just glad that I was actually playing against him in fantasy that week. But Micah left him on the bench for his triple double. So thank you, Micah. There you I go. Do appreciate that. But uh, yeah, solid one. You got something else? No, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm glowing. I guess so. I, well, I got, a, I got two more. I'm going to go back to football. <laughs> the Packers, right? Owned by the people of Green Bay, right? Everybody's got, almost everybody who lives in Green Bay has got their, their, their stock share, right? Their, their piece of the team. Well, a Packer fan sent in his resume for the defensive coordinator job. This is awesome. <laughs> so just a fan just <laughs> sent in his resume with a cover letter about to be the defensive coordinator for the Packers, which is awesome in its own right. But what's even better than that is that he got a handwritten letter back from the Packers CEO, uh, Mark Murphy, uh, who, you know, was like, I really appreciate you sending that in. I think at this time we're going to go a different direction. He goes, but I encourage you to keep your search alive. I hear the Bears are looking for a defensive coordinator. Perhaps try them. <laughs> like, Shots fired, man. That's so fantastic. That's that's how that's how sports should be. Have some oh, fun. Oh, absolutely. The rest of us work in cubicles. We do awful, terrible stuff all the time. We stuff that nobody cares about. You, your spouse doesn't care what you do at work half the time. When you have a chance, man. That's Enjoy good. it. That, that was, was I read that story and thought that that's how you do it. I mean, that's how you enjoy what you do. And like, and he knew that was going to have to get out. Like there was no way that guy was going to be like, no, nah, I'm not telling anyone about this one. He was like, watch this going to social media and it gets out there. And, and it wasn't like a, it was a humor jab at the bears. It wasn't like a, I'm oh, here yeah. to destroy you jab at the bears kind of thing. Oh no, no, that was totally. That was absolutely, um, that was unquestionably that he was having fun with that. So I, I got one more, and this is uh, college baseball. It was just getting underway. But uh, the story of the season so far, and I'm sure you've heard of this guy, is Matt Masciangelo. You heard of Matt Masciangelo? Uh, you may have to tell the story. He plays for Sacramento State. And he comes up in the first game of the season. They have a doubleheader. First, and I, I can't. I didn't write down who they were playing. Matt got hit seven times in play in eight plate appearances. Oh my gosh! <laughs> he got hit by a pitch seven times. Uh, and he knows actually, how to crowd the plate. So no, he. he I'm serious. He wasn't. Now, to be fair. 
he didn't really try that hard to get out of the way, which eh, fair enough. You don't have to. Still for the team. If you that's take, taking one, maybe if you two. Want to take seven for the team. You take seven for the team. But uh, yeah, no, the videos out there. The announcers are just like, oh, he got hit again. They hit him again. And I mean, he never charged the mound. He just casually, you know, he had a little little pad for his forearm, tossed it to his dugout, walked back to walked up, took his base. Man. That's almost like that video, like that spoof video of that BYU volleyball player. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, that gets hit in the face every time. Uh, studio scene. Or the soccer, the, yeah, the yeah. soccer guy. Scott Sterling, but this right? was like, yeah. yeah, this is like real life. <laughs> yeah, no, I, a, I I played baseball and I got hit twice in a game by the same guy who was a friend of mine, uh, but he was just wild and nobody liked to face him because. And the second time I was, I, I mean, he th- he came at me first he got me in the back the second time i like i waved my arm and he hit me right hit me right in the forearm and i was going down to first base and it was eric jensen i never, i'll forget eric jensen i'm like eric I'm like stop it man. Like, stop hitting me he's like sorry man it's like you know he just he had no i think we were 13 14 years old but i was just like like dude knock it off all right i mean but that's he wasn't after trying two. to hit me but yeah, I know but seven, seven, seven times with college pitchers who should be able to locate an area fairly well. <laughs> should be. Yeah. He, he got hit on the foot. He got hit on the hand. He got hit in the back. He got hit in the hip. He is just head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. They teach an anatomy. Here's Matt Masciano <laughs> teaching you about the shoulder blade where he got hit also in the same game. Coach is like, so. right patella. See if you can do right patella. <laughs> It is scapula. Anyway. Well, all right. I think we're about done here for this uh, February the 20th episode, episode number 25 of D4 Sports. We thank you, listeners. Uh, And, you know, just ask that you continue to do what you always do. You know, download the episode. You know, like us, follow us. um, You know, do all the stuff that might get the audience yet bigger and uh, as we did say well, I'll mention it again it'll be coming up we'll give you specifics on it as we get closer but the uh, NCAA March Madness tournament coming up we'll do the D4 March Madness we'll have to go up with a clever name for that and uh, and get that out there and we'll, we'll do another game uh, Dustin any final thoughts from uh, sunny 80 degree Lubbock I'll just Appreciate you guys listening, and, and again, try to get the word out. We just do it for fun, man. We enjoy what we do with this and talking sports because we do it anyway. But we appreciate you listening to us, and um, just keep it up. Thank you so much. Thanks, everybody. D four Sports is brought to you by Don and Dustin, and by our sponsors, Sports and Day Drinking. Special thanks go to Trey Klein for providing the music behind D4 and all our friends and family for supporting us throughout this episode.